Head coach of the Steinback Pistons, Mr. Paul Dick. Paul, the postseason is upon us. Do you still get fired up at the start of the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. I think this is what where we aspire to be at the start of the year I think you know we're always looking ahead and um, one of our first messages to our players is well, you, you know as the season goes on we want to uh, be playing our best hockey at this time of the year so we're already you know we, we're in August September we're having discussions about March so um, once we're here it happens quick it does it seems like uh, especially after just, Christmas like it seems like January to March just flies by oh absolutely and every year it seems to go a little faster and that might be a, a product of aging but uh, <laughs> once January 1st hits that um, you know March 1st is here just as quickly all right so uh, before we get into uh, the playoffs uh, let's start with uh, the just a, a kind of a league overview I mean uh, when was the last time the playoffs went down to game 60 or, or even game 59 like it did uh, this year it's, it was crazy this year well there's a lot of schedule watching here this last uh, scoreboard watching in the last week and um, we didn't know who our opponent was going to be really until till uh, Saturday yep. I believe it was finalized on Saturday so and um, you know there was another series that was finalized last night in game 60 so that's rare um, that's kind of how this year's been I mean it's been really tight spots six seven or five six and seven separated by two points I believe after game 59 so um you know it's um it's been a very very competitive league and I think it promises to be a very exciting playoff uh, due to that fact yeah like you look at it there's different tiers I mean uh, like Steinbach and Portage they were two points within two points of each other uh way away Verd and Dauphin they were in that little five six seven range and then uh Winnipeg Selkirk uh they were battling it out for the eighth and final playoff spot and and uh Winnipeg you know they they got done what they needed to do and they earned their shot at the dance yeah no question and uh, a team that's really come on here in the last uh, month I think post Christmas they played some pretty good hockey February was a very good month for them so they're carrying some forward momentum coming into the playoffs and yeah you know a team that's been very testy for us so um you know if you look at we talked about parity was the word that probably came up more than ever this year with when describing our league and you you, you look at the separation from first place to seventh place I think it's the tightest it's ever been and certainly in the last 10 years so it's um you know and that's that's why we saw what some people deemed to be upsets when you know a seventh place team was beating a first place team well it wasn't necessarily an upset it was just uh you know really spoke to the competitiveness and the parity in the league yep and we're going to get into uh the first round of the playoffs coming up in just a bit but let's let's go through the regular season for the Steinback Pistons uh, I don't know how you would necessarily describe it. Uh, a roller coaster, maybe. It was. It's weird when you look at a team that went 42-10-5-3, uh, good for 92 points. How much adversity you faced, and it seemed like almost any given night you weren't really sure what was going to happen, but, Paul, you found ways to win. That's got to be really encouraging That when you look back at the regular season. Yeah, I think that's a, a very good attribute. Um, um we had a different lineup virtually every night the first 40 games of the season. And uh, we, I think after, shortly after Christmas, we looked at our man games, lost to injury. We were right around 160. Um, you know, and there were players out that for three months, or sorry, from three weeks to three months. And, and key guys, and too. key players. Yeah. I, 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 re- I recall one game. I don't think we had a captain in the lineup. Uh, there, there may have been one letter, but, um, you know, we... It was Cassie because Dylan Cassie right, and Cody Bohun are the only guys to play every game. Correct. So, 
Yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, Deck was out, Kilroy was out, Ryland was out, and Tanner exactly, Moll was exactly, out. Exactly. I think there was one game uh, that, that we had a full lineup, and that was the night that Ryland took a stick in the face and knocked his teeth out, and he <laughs> missed the next game. So it didn't last very long. Didn't last very long. But what that says a lot about the character of your group, and and more importantly, the leadership of your group. Yeah, th- that's exactly it, and, and the depth. And, yeah. Um, we had a conversation in a room about a month ago. We just talked about um, the importance of our depth and how big of a role it's played this year. And are we in first place without without that? And you know, and I don't I don't think we are, to be honest with you. So we've had contributions from twenty five different players, and guys have stepped up on different nights and. One night it's been one line, and and you can look at our stat line. I mean, we have five players uh, over you know over fifty points, but we don't have anybody in that you know that eighty ninety point range or that one line that's just carried us the whole year. So um, uh, that that really paints a bit of the picture on on you know how we've how we've gotten to the place where we're at today. Well, I was going over some stats, like just kind of going back over the Winnipeg series, the six games that you that that we've played against Winnipeg. And like you said, there's no one line or one guy that stands out that has like 10 goals or and 15 points. You've won a lot of games, Winnipeg specifically, but overall with guys scoring one goal or getting two points in a night, but it's three or four different guys that are going. It's three or four different lines that are going. You talk about the depth, but I don't think I've ever seen a team have this balanced kind of scoring. Right. Well, now that might be a better word for us is, is the balance. You're right. So, um, yeah, we, we feel like, We've had nights where we've, you know, particularly, you know, three lines that can that can really score at, get at different times, and uh, I think it creates a little internal competitiveness as well. So, you know, they're fighting for ice time. They all want to be on the stat sheet, and um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I believe winning games is the most important thing for this group, and but uh, they want to play an integral role in in making that happen. So, um, you know, it's it's good to see them. You know, have two points at the end of the night. If each player has two points and our team gets two points, we're all happy. Paul, uh, I know that you won't toot your own horn, so I'm going to uh, phrase this question very specifically. I think this has been one of the most challenging years for the coaching staff. When you look at, like you said, the man games lost, the goalie carousel that we had going through five different goalies plus some emergency call-ups, uh, different line combinations, new guys coming in, not gelling, having to move pieces around. Would you say this has been one of the more challenging years for the coaching staff? I, I would say so. I would agree with that. Um, I think we dressed nine goalies this year, which was, was unheard of. The other night we played Selkirk, and I think you brought up the stat that we've had five different goalies post a win against Selkirk, which is remarkable in the fact that, you know, usually we don't have five goalies that even dress for us in a given season, never mind five that start. And, um, you know, and I guess just the random rotation of, of the injuries as well that the five wins take place against the same team. So um, it's been an interesting year from that perspective. And, you know, we've had years where, well, we've got to address these 20 guys because these are the 20 healthy guys we have or, um, you know, our line combinations stay the same for a good month at a time or, you know, for good chunks of the season. And this year there's been, you know, a lot of tinkering with the lineup. And uh, so it's it's been different. Uh, every year has its has a uniqueness to it. And, and this one's going to stand out for, you know, the reason of, of uh, you know, the the number of lineups we've had. I think Graham always mentions, boy, our D pairings have been, you know, all over the map all year. So, but with that is, I think guys, you know, they've been accustomed to playing with different players and, and, uh, 
Um, it's 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 uh, sometimes when you have one line for three months and they're going, and one player gets hurt and inserts somebody, it's a huge adjustment. I think the guys have really learned to just kind of roll with it and, and focus on their own game, and things seem to take care of themselves. That's a lot of uh, that says a lot about the character though of guys that you've brought in into that you can plug different guys into different parts and then they just kind of keep going along they may have to adjust their game slightly but like you were saying there's no line that that is just kind of fired off and well besides maybe the Purcell line of late but it seems like every guy that you kind of put together they bring something different but it 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 all mends into success yeah that's right and uh you know, we have a group that gets along, so that's the other thing. Is uh, That's a big thing, and I've talked to a lot of the guys, and they say they, that there's a closeness in this locker room that reminds me a lot of the 2017-2018 team. Yeah, there definitely are some similarities, and um, and I think that's a big part of it. You know, when they have a new – they embrace their new line mate uh, yeah. immediately, and uh, there's not a um, – you know, there's no ice to break, so to speak. But um, does it help that there's not like a dedicated 45, 50 goal scorer on the line that you know, like you you see all three forwards and, and both D contribute to scoring a goal? Like, how many times have all five guys touched the puck before right. it ends up in the back of the net? Does that help that yeah. chemistry? Yeah, it it could. Yeah, I think they understand that we need each other, and um, yeah, it's definitely part of it. I mean, we we preach the team aspect on on a daily basis, so. Um, yeah, I I don't know really know. I I just really believe. I mean, that uh, we had a really good feeling about this group early on in the season. Training camp was one where you could you could sense that uh, there was respect for one another. They liked each other. Um, well, which and they're is a hardworking group, which is good because there was a lot of turnover. There was mm-hmm. a lot of That's new right. guys you brought in that. Uh, that that maybe weren't necessarily going to fit right away, but they kind of did. Yeah, that's right. And a few guys that that nobody had heard of before yeah. or, or or knew of before. So sometimes if you know, I used to play midget hockey with him, or we, we you know we played U eighteen together, or we played high school together. But uh, there were definitely some new faces in the locker room to start the year, and some enemies too. I mean, we just started hearing some fun stories <laughs> about uh, Bahoon and Nakins getting into it with Mole and Graham, and. Uh, you know, they kind of like that. They like telling that story now. That's right. Uh, talking with Paul Dick here on the Steinbeck Online podcast. Uh, Paul, uh, we brought it up so many times throughout the year, and uh, you must have just drove you nuts how many times I wanted to talk about power play and penalty kill because it, it's, and again, like you always said, it's like, it's you know, I can feel it turn in the corner. I can, you know, we're starting to do positive things. In the last month and a half, two months, almost since the turn of 2020, you've had one of the best power plays, one of the best penalty kills. You've gone from tenth in the league up to around sixth or fifth at times. You got to be feeling really confident if teams take penalties against you in the playoffs, you can make them pay. Yeah, I think that was a, um, a bit of an issue for us at the beginning of the year. I think the first half we were, um, you know, grossly inconsistent with our specialty teams, and you know there were nights where we looked, we looked the part, and, and um, we may have even seen the results on those nights, but we just couldn't sustain it and put it together for any stretch and uh, I think you know the guys were frustrated we felt like we were maybe underachieving in those areas um, and, and that might have been one area where we felt the um, you know we felt the injuries yeah. where we just didn't develop any consistency in chemistry just because there were just different pieces in specialty teams and you know we had guys that were killing that uh, hadn't done it before we had you know players on the power play that <clears throat> maybe um uh, you know, had they been there for longer stretches, but to insert someone in a key spot on a power play, you know, they all play an integral role, mm-hmm. and I just didn't 
we maybe they weren't there long enough to really get uh, sure to build that chemistry. So I think our special teams were impacted by it more than our five on five play. Yeah, and um, I mean if you look at our five on five play, it was really a key to probably I would say the first two thirds of our season and specialty teams in the in the last third have um, been more instrumental in our wins. But um, so yeah, I, I, I like the direction it's gone. Guys have taken real pride in it. Um, the PK was at times maybe maybe guilty of, of uh, or, or we didn't respond well yeah we gave up a goal at, at times kind of zaps the energy too yeah. yeah and our power play had that same impact and you know now they've really um uh, they they see the impact that you know scoring a power play goal early in a game it can energize the group and then you know our offensive players are starting to feel it then yeah and uh, you know it's tougher when a power play goes over three to start a game in the first period it's it's a little deflating. It's a mm-hmm. little discouraging to those players in particular. They feel like, you know, they, that's that's their role. They they sometimes they feel like they've let the group down, maybe, or they're frustrated. But um, um, I think we've learned to stay with it, so to speak, a little more. I mean, there's still a lot of hockey left, right? So make that fourth opportunity count. But um, you know, we've done a a better job of of uh, especially teams in the first period. I think yeah. in particular, um, just. It kind of sets the tone sometimes for the rest of the game. Well, the penalty kill too. I mean, I remember last year you you were running out uh, Tyson McConnell and Tanner Mole. You had them on power play, five on five, and penalty kill. Mm-hmm. It seemed like this year you you dedicated more roles to other players. So you have got uh, like five different groupings of players that will go out and kill a penalty, mm-hmm. which saves your roster. Is like especially if it's early, saves you for the second and third period. Uh, just talk about how the different groups of penalty kill have, have gotten better as though as they have gotten more opportunity as well. Yeah, that's right. And um, you know, last year we were really thin. We felt with our, you know, our, our elite specialty teams players. So um, this year the balance and the depth have allowed us to do that, and we've made ensured that guys have more specific roles. And there are other guys that can kill penalties. There's no question. Sure. But, you know, if you've you've come off back to back power plays, I think it's important to have fresh bodies out there for the penalty kills. So. Um, that being said, then it's on the coaching staff to have players that understand what we're looking to do on the PK that aren't on the power play. Yeah. So, but then um, you think like <laughs> Boschman, David Query, Jack Kilroy, uh, Ryland Bettens, like they have been elite penalty killers. Then you throw in uh, Mole, Bahoon, Loney. I mean, like, that's eight forwards yeah. there, Paul. That's and that's in that's incredible that a team can have eight forwards that can kill penalties. Yeah, it's definitely a luxury to have. I mean, we've had nights now where we've had maybe two or three of our uh, you know, key penalty killers that haven't been in the lineup, and uh, to inject another four guys w- with confidence is, uh, and then we see results on those nights. So, um, yeah, the effectiveness of our PK has definitely been encouraging here in the last month and a half. But you're right; those guys have been, um, they embrace that role, uh, they take pride in it. PK, you know, they're all looking; they all want to go; they're all jumping to get over the boards when we're killing a penalty. So, but I like the thing I noticed because I'm right on top of the bench is the guys get fired up for the guys that are on the PK the same way they get fired up for guys who score goals. Like, it's it's they get excited when they do the little things. Big hit, ice the puck, block shot, guys get fired up. Totally. Taking, you know, closing seams, taking away lanes. Um, it's as important as our power play. You know, if we're not giving one up, it means it's one less that we have to get. So it's uh, it's great to see that. They're, they're encouraging one another and, it, it makes it, you know, if you're a penalty killer and you're going out and you've got all your, you know, the power play guys that are giving you a pat in the back and 
giving you a boost. I mean, uh, they're they're paying attention. The bench is paying attention to what we're doing on both aspects, both ends of it, right? On the power play yep. as well. Um, you know, sometimes when our power play is struggling and our, our guys that are on the PK when they get back to the benches, you know, there's some accountability, yep. also some some encouraging words at times. So, um, you know, it's good. Uh, I think the messaging shouldn't always come from the coaching staff. Right. The players are starting to, you know, hold speak, the, speak the language and hold each other accountable. Yeah, that's a big thing. And let's get into the players now. So just a thought or two on each guy. Let's start with the captain, Declan Graham. I think he's really grown into the role here, especially since Christmas. Uh, but what can you say about Declan as a captain on the ice and off? Yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. I think, uh, you know, Deck's just a great young man. And um, uh, let's his play do a lot of his speaking. He's very, very consistent in his approach and, and you know, and how he practices. But uh, the the timing of him being vocal, I think, is really um, probably the area where we've seen the most growth. And you know, I think last game was was indicative of it. The last two games, and you know, they're relatively, I shouldn't say meaningless games, but the the game fifty nine for us. Um, you know, we had. Uh, we had the good start. We had the laps in the second period. This was the nine-three win against OCN right. to, to clinch first. That's right. So, you know, I I don't think anybody liked that second period. Yet we were up six-three, and uh, I I thought Dex's message to our group was very stern at the second intermission. And um, you know, at this point, it was about establishing habits and playing the right way. And and um, so I've I've we've seen that with him, just where he takes the initiative. There. It's not a nudge required from us as a staff. He recognizes the moments where he has an opportunity to to challenge our group and, and to lead. And um, so definitely a, a maturation there that's taking place. Well, you as an ex-player know that peer-to-peer is a little – it hits a little bit different than uh, coach-to-player. When it, when it's a guy that you're in the trenches with as, as a player, he's out there. He's Because Dak is on the power play, penalty kill, five uh, – penalty kill, power play, five on five. He does it all. And he blocks shots, he takes hits, he gives hits, he scores goals. He does it all. So when a guy like that stands up and says, we need to get our act together, doesn't single a guy out, says we, that that hits really deep. Totally. I mean, they're out there in the trenches together, right? So it uh, um, sometimes it has a greater impact than, you know, in particular. They hear us mm-hmm. on a daily basis. They hear us prior to the game. <laughs> they hear us between the periods. They hear us post-game. Yeah. And, um you know, it's just it's just a it's a lot, right? There's a lot of messaging coming from yeah. the coaching staff, and so. it's not like it falls on deaf ears. No. The guys like they understand, and a lot right. of it is just reiterating and and trying to be positive too, because it's a fine line between being you got to balance positive and negative reinforcement, right? Right. Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do throughout the course of a sixty <laughs> no. game regular no. season. All right, so that's deck. Let's go through the rest of the leadership guys are wearing letters. Uh, Jack Kilroy missed him for for two months and. I think I un- I underestimated how important he was in that locker room and on that team, Paul. He has really uh, been a spark plug on and off the ice. Yeah, he's a glue guy. He and, really is. Uh, you know, when I describe him to people, he's a guy that when he's in your lineup, he makes your he makes your team better. And I stand a little taller when he's out yeah, there. Eh? That's right. He yeah. brings some toughness. He brings a he's a lefty like an edge to his game. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know he can. We've seen that. He's got. Uh, he can take care of himself on the ice, but. Um, yeah, just some subtleties in his game. He's got really good details and pays attention to the things that matter. And, um, he's one of those guys you win with. Ryland Bettens, uh, I've been, really been impressed with his work ethic and, and just his determination. He is a fearless fearless kid penalty-killing-wise, but he's just 
He's dynamic. He brings something to your lineup that you didn't have maybe in years past. Yeah, he's got a lot of speed. Yeah, a lot of speed. He's moving his feet. Um, he's got some edge to his game. He can really shoot the puck. I think I think we're going to see more of that yet as time goes on. We saw the other night what he's capable of. It's a it's a deadly release, and um, I'd like to see him use it maybe a little bit more. So, and that comes with confidence. And but I think you know he's another guy that's growing. He's evolved this year as a player and didn't play a lot the last couple of years. And, um, you know, greater opportunities become a key part of our PK, et cetera. And so I think, you know, uh, he's a, I think he's going to be a key part of our playoff push too. Dylan Cassie, I think, is, is a player that when you look at his overall season, maybe you weren't, you weren't really sure what it, what, how to describe it, although I would say he's consistently gotten better from game one. He is, he's really started to peak here as we get ready for playoffs. He's that kind of guy who's going to make a difference. Totally. You know, he's really ascended, I think. You know, it's just the second half post-Christmas, um, you know, and then he had an opportunity on the power play. He really took advantage of that, and I think he's growing in confidence through that. And he's got some bite. I think he's, you know, on the back end, he's got some heaviness that uh, um, we could have, we knew that we needed coming yeah. into the year. But uh, but he's smart, too. Like yeah. he, It's almost like he waited to start cranking up that side of it. Right. For when it really mattered. Yeah. Yeah, Does he, he know? Because like he played all sixty games, defense is a tough position, as you know. Like you're you're getting hit almost constantly when you're going back to retrieve pucks. So he knew the wear and tear on his body, and he knew when to start ramping it up. That's a twenty year old veteran. Yeah, he's, there's some caginess to him. Yeah, and he's been probably physical in the games where we needed it the most. You know, he's kind of answered the bell, and um, but um, yeah, he's another guy. I think he's excited. He's a very competitive individual, and. Uh, he's brought some good leadership to our group as well. Tanner Mole, uh, another one of those guys so well-respected uh, in that locker room and off the ice as well. Uh, when he does good things, everybody kind of cheers for him because, you know, you cheer for a guy like that. Yeah. So to have Moles, he's starting to pick up again, starting to get going. He's found some chemistry with Bahoon and, and Ryland Bettens. Uh, he, he brings another dimension, Paul, that very few players can with that size, speed, and determination. Yeah, well, 6'3", 240, you don't see very often at our level, right? So big man that can move and he can score and, and uh, he has experience he's good on both specialty teams units so we've we utilize him in some different areas he's been a, on our five on three now he's you know he can shoot the puck and uh, that one timer <clears throat> I mean he's, yeah. he's really developed the one timer absolutely I mean there's another guy that you know personally I'd love to see him be a little more selfish with shooting the puck at times but uh, you know like well liked in a room you're right about the fact that you know there's always 20 guys cheering for him each night Kyle Bettens, uh, he is has probably got more primary and secondary assists than anybody on your team. It always kind of seems to filter through him. You talk about guys maybe wanting to shoot a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He might be number one, but he draws a lot of attention, and his vision is, is elite. He led your team 56 points in only 49 games. Uh, what can you say about Kyle Bettens? Well, he's, he's a very talented individual. You're right. He's he's great vision. Um passes the puck extremely well but yet you know you wouldn't be you may categorize him as a pass first guy but uh, you know if you see him shoot the puck you would it's it's an elite release I mean there are very few players at this level that can shoot the puck like that so you know what even a couple levels up there's a couple very levels few that he can it's, that can shoot like he can honestly it's a pro shot yeah you know he's a big big kid six three two ten plus so uh, the strength is there he understands you know how to release pucks and but, um, you know, also fine seam. So you're right. I mean, you, you go after the game and you go through the goals and, you know, there's some the way he sees the game and thinks the game. And you look at how 
uh, you know, integral decision he made and how it plays into that goal that's just about to take place, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, I know he's another guy. I think, you know, last year we saw in the playoffs, I thought he really elevated in that first round and, I th- you know, he kind of took our team on his back, I thought, for offensively for two or three games there against the Blues, so... And with all due respect to everybody else in your lineup, he's a guy that can put the team on his back. He's got that kind of elite skill. He can go and drive and score two goals in a game, be a difference maker. You need him to be like that, not in just one or two games in round one. You need that throughout the playoffs. Yeah, no question. I mean, he can play the game in some different ways. He's a big body, right? Yep. Big body, and, you know, if he when he plays with some, some edge and, and bite, uh, he can be a dominant player on the physical side of things too, so... Um, yeah, there's no doubt. There's a guy that um, I, I think this is a, a great opportunity for him to, to even find another gear. And, um, you know, if he does that, we're going to be in a good spot. One of the more quiet guys on your team, when that's saying something, you got a lot of guys that are loud, but you got some quiet guys that just go to work every day. Ty Nakins, I think, has been an incredible addition for you. And he had a whale of a season. He's got he's a lot of eyes watching him. And He's going to, again, we talk about key parts. Everybody's a key part in the playoffs, but he, again, there's a different dimension that he brings, Paul, that you need in playoffs. Well, we were very excited to add him last offseason. That was a great trade, by the way. <laughs> well, uh, just in case I haven't told you this week, <laughs> good job, good trade. <laughs> well, we were excited to add him. I, I just felt like his intelligence was, um, you know, extremely high. I just felt like there was, uh, you know, a lot of upside and, a, you know, high ceiling to his potential. And I think we've seen it this year. I think his desire to be a 200-foot player to really improve in all aspects of his game have really put him where he is today. I mean, uh, you know, I think he's a point off of our lead for scoring, but, you know, arguably our most consistent two-way player this year. And, you know, I like how his game's evolved in the defensive zone, and uh, he's found great chemistry with Betsy as well. So, um yeah, can't say enough about his year. It's just been it's been very, very consistent. I think having him and Kyle together have kind of accelerated both of them into <clears> another <throat> another stratosphere. Is, is like you said, they kind of think the game the same way. Yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, they, they, they are really, really good together. Uh, Teddy Purcell. I think, like, you look at, like, Austin Matthews, Pasternak, Ovechkin, Zach Purcell. All they do is score goals, Paul. Yeah. That kid is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I knew he was a goal scorer, and, uh, you know, I had talked to, to his coach from last year in the summer. We had hoped to obtain him already in the summertime, and, you know, his coach at the time was, you know, if he makes the adjustment to junior hockey, I think, you know, he's going to be able to fill the net. And came to us, um, you know, I think he had 12 goals at Christmas time and was really fighting in at times. There were glimpses, and, um, you know, I think he was maybe more frustrated with his offensive game than, than we were, I think, sure. maybe. I don't know if we had a, uh, you know, a, a real grasp of how much he could score at this level. He finished but, with 34. I yeah. think you would have been happy getting 20 out of him on a consistent. Totally. Like you would have been just happy with consistency. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. And I, I think that's where he was heading towards. He was heading towards a 20-goal season around Christmas time. And then, yep. uh, and then he took off. And it was mid-January, I believe. I, don't, I think he was at 12 on January 10th at the trade deadline. And we're at 34, so 22 goals in his last 20 games or something around that range is, it's, um, <clears throat> you know, it's a stretch of goal scoring that I hadn't seen before at our no. level. Certainly not a player that, that I've coached at this level. So, But, you know, when you see him shoot the puck, you get it. Um, not only the velocity, 
the release, the deception, though. Yep. And um, I think he really keeps goalies off balance. I mean, it looks like he's going, you know, short side shelf, and he'll put one low on the far side just over the over the pad. Or, yeah, he doesn't need to go bar just, down. He exactly. just he just wants to put it in he the back. He literally takes what's given to him. Yep. And um, But I think, you know, he is a goal scorer in the fact that he can score in different ways. All right, two things before we move on from Teddy Purcell. Number one is I've talked to other players about it, and the biggest no- the biggest difference they've noticed in his game is he would be a perimeter player. He would come in, and then he would circle back, and he'd try and find either a passing lane or he'd panic and, and throw the puck away. Now he's starting to drive a little bit more. He's confident in his size, and he's more determined in that grit in front of the the home plate area. That's a big difference, I think. Yeah, well, I've looked at all of his goals here in the last, um, you know, his last twenty-ish goals, and a lot of them are right in around the paint. And it's it's you know it's cleaning up garbage. There's rebounds that are laying. He's driving through, and he's quick. And but um, we saw that in Selkirk. He's got <clears throat> he's got get around D speed too. Absolutely. One, you know, you need to know. You need to be able to get there, but two, you need to know where to go. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is his his anticipation on where pucks are going to come off a goaltender. You know, you can say he's Johnny on the spot, and uh, he's he's like, I've seen this before. I mean, you can go back different generations from Mike Boss. He was just always in those soft areas, and I played with guys that they just scored. And um, some of those things you just don't teach. They're just great instincts that some players have, and uh, so we're, we're thankful to have him. And you know, hopefully, he can keep keep his run going. All right, so you talk about how it's it's a tale of two seasons for Teddy. Because, uh, you know, the first half, you know, he's trying to find his adjustments. Second half, how do you know when his goal scoring or, or goal scoring in general is not just a, a blip in the radar, that, that you know that he's kind of found something consistent? Well, like I said, I've kind of analyzed how he's scoring. And, um, you know, he's just doing a lot of good things. It's just timing when he's hitting holes. Sometimes guys are just over-anxious. And, you know, I, I – see what he's doing in practice and he just understands routes and times to delay and there you know there's uh, there's obviously times to be aggressive when you're pushed towards the net but um, he's doing it in so many different ways that um, uh, the defense know, is a, like the, the, the defense cannot key in on just one way like they can't just eliminate the one timer and that'll shut him down that's right it's it's that he's doing it in different ways yeah there's no times where hey if he's got a good gap and he feels like he's got wide ice he'll you know he'll drive that puck to the net and, and beat the d using his speed there's times where he's going to delay and get lost in the offensive zone and next thing you know the puck's on his tape and he doesn't take a lot of time to let let it go so he positions his feet and hips in a way that he's ready to release a puck immediately. You'll see a lot of players, when they get the puck, they're not ready to shoot it. Right. And that's what needs to take place, you know, the two, three seconds prior to actually receiving it is, one, the anticipation, putting yourself in a position to shoot it immediately, and then understanding where's the goaltender. So it's having great vision yep. and awareness of, one, if I shoot this puck, is a defenseman in my lane? Or, two, is the goaltender there, too, right? So... He puts himself where spots where he's free from lanes, and uh, he knows where the goaltender is and where he's going to be going once he gets it. So And he hits the net. like <coughs> He's really started to hit the net more consistently, too. That's another thing that I think players – and it's really easy. I'm, I sit up top, so it looks a little bit slower. When you're down on ice level, the guys are moving really fast. The shots are incredibly hard, and you have to be accurate because the goalies are monsters. Yeah, that's like, right. You have that's to try right. and pick corners sometimes. So it's really easy to go, oh, he missed the net again. It's hard to hit the net. It's even harder to score. Yeah, you're right, especially when you're in motion, right? Yeah, and, and, uh, like you're not you know, standing still. Like, no one's going to just let you shoot. Sometimes you're uh, – well, that's – exactly. I mean, if for fans to watch the intermission shoot to win, yeah, and uh, there's, a- not, there's not a goalie, <laughs> nobody's defending, 
And, no, we and, still have people miss the net. Yeah, and they're at the blue line, and they. It, but that's just really how how difficult it can be. Never mind being in motion when you're under pressure. Uh, sometimes you're skating in a different direction, and you're looking to shoot, you know, away from where your body's going. So your momentum's carrying you in a different different. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. It, it's a skill in itself. And it's big for for younger players in the in the atom in the and in, in that level coming upwards to learn how to uh, you know to adjust to that. And I think Carter Loney, who we want to talk about now, the rookie of the year in the MJHL, one of the most fascinating things I watched him shoot in stride, and he reminds me a lot of Alexander McGillney that way because because yeah. McGillney used to be able to keep his feet moving and shoot, and that would throw a lot of goalies off. And I think uh, Loney has begun to do that as well. Yeah, that's a that is totally a skill, yeah. and, um, and not, that's not, not a lot of that, guys can do that. No, very, very few can do that. So for him to pull that off, it's really something something to see. That's right. But Just, he's he's had a great yeah. year. Oh, totally. I mean, uh, he's definitely deserving of being the rookie of the year, and that's quite an honor for a 17-year-old at, at this level. So uh, he's And there he's, was some competition. Uh, Hatfield out of uh, Winnipeg had a really, really yeah. good year. There's a couple right. other rookies throughout. Like, to, to be number one with the limited amount of games he played because he was gone so much, Yeah, there that were, says a lot. There were five, six really, really good rookies in our league this year that, uh, you know, in any given year could win the award. Yep. And that so. says a lot about our league, too, <clears throat> which is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's some really good young players coming up. Uh, all right. One of my favorite um, acquisitions in quite some time that you made was Ryan Butler. Uh, he uh, he's an incredible kid off the ice, um, really really nice guy. But man, has he fit in with exactly what you needed? Sometimes deadline acquisitions don't work out, Paul. Uh, this one it was I think a home run. Yeah, well, I I think so too. We feel that way. I mean, he f- was a guy that was kind of flying under the radar. I mean, maybe he was was uh, he was playing on a you know a team that's kind of near the bottom and um, a player that our fans maybe weren't overly aware of. And, um, but, you know, we started watching a little more video on him, some of the things he was doing and how he was scoring. And just another guy just consistently on the score sheet and goes about his work every day. And uh, then we had heard a comment from um, someone in the management group in, in OCN, and they said he's just a, a prince of a person. And I think that's exactly what we've seen here. He's very liked by his teammates and the coaching staff, and um, he's, he's fit in seamlessly. So, and uh, he's found a home with uh, Loney and Purcell. Breaking down the roster in the regular season for the Steinbach Pistons with head coach Paul Dick. Another guy that's kind of quietly had a very strong year for the Pistons is Bryce Young. And I mean quiet. I mean, he does loud things on the ice. But another guy that's just very quiet, smiles all the yeah. time, just looks like he's enjoying life as a Piston. Uh, when you brought him in from Aurora, uh, he, he really fit in as well. He's kind of been up and down at times, but he's starting to, to really bear down and find it. Yeah, I agree. He's been really good here recently, so... Very talented individual. I mean, uh, you know, I think had he been here right from the start, I mean, he's a guy that could potentially be in the in the scoring race, right? With forty six points in forty games. That's right. So and much uh, like Betsy, a lot of secondary <clears throat> assists, which to me says he's the one that's starting a lot of plays, drawing a lot of attention, and opening up um, lanes for other guys. Yeah, and you know, you could arguably say that we put him net front on the power play. On the one unit, and, and he think he's a big part of it. And he's not necessarily your prototypical net front guy. I think he and Max, you know, are, are successful in different ways yeah. on, on on that piece of our power play. But, um, you know, he releases and he finds he finds seams. He can make that little delicate pass into a little soft area. Um, he can do a lot of things with the puck. He's got a great release. Um, he's... he's Tremendous vision. He protects the puck well. He can do a lot of things. So I like where his game's going. I think uh, 
know, the last three weeks here, it's been fun to watch him take another, take another step. A second player that you had that played all 60 games, and he was very proud of it coming back from Selkirk after that 3 nothing win was Cody Bahoon. Uh, 21 goals, uh, king of the shootout, uh, but again, just a guy that came in and fit a perfect role, exactly what you needed on and off the ice. Uh, he has been stellar. Yeah, Cody's another guy. It's just every, every night, I never, you never question. You know he's going to have his legs going. You see it in warm-ups. He's got his boots moving, uh, shoots the puck, brings energy, and um, yeah, just a fun guy to have around. He's been tremendous in the face-off circle for us. I mean, he's been our number one guy all year long in the face-off dot. And, um, you know, when you see him shoot the pockets, uh, he scored some clutch, clutch goals for us uh, first half of the year. He was Mr. Game winner there for yeah. I remember the overtime in OCN. He just he, he ripped that one from the blue line and skated right <laughs> off. Like, he just – it's the first ever walk-off overtime winner for, yeah. Uh, yeah, for the Pistons. He's got a good sense of humor. And he he really shot does. through there. But it looks like, you know what, in the in the beginning of the year, getting traded is always tough and, and readjusting to a new schedule. And, you know, he's never been billeted before. And, you know, he comes over with, with Nakes and, and Cass. But it took him a little while to almost find the love of the game again here in Steinbach. And he's really been a spark plug. Uh, like you said, he's, he's having fun. Yeah, really seen that. You know, yeah. it's an adjustment, right? I mean, uh, uh, he's a guy that's lived at home uh, until now. So you're it's the first time you've been in, a, in another home and you've got – you have new teammates and uh, a lot of new faces, et cetera, new staff. So it's an adjustment, right? And, and, um, but uh, he's, yeah, I would totally agree. He's, he's really, um, I don't know, he just, he's fun. He's, he looks the part in that Pistons jersey, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely, that's true. A guy uh, that really took a step this year is Max Neal. Uh, he, he, you know, he, you expect him, well, he was 17 last year. You expect him to take a step. He does. I'm really excited to see, cause I think his ceiling has been pushed higher based on what he's done this year, but, uh, he's had a very strong year and, you know, he's really toned his game down to yeah. Paul. I think that that's really a strength of his. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And Max has really been, he understands his role in particular on our power play net front. He's done a terrific job of taking away eyes. And I think he leads our team in power play goals. And yeah, well, one thing that, that, other guys tend to do is they try to get out of the way and then wave at That's it right he just stands there and it's like if it hits me it's either going to drop down or hit me and go somewhere yeah and something that you know he practices and we put pucks in his feet and off his legs and stuff and then it's it's just spinning and, and releasing into the net. body but position yeah yeah that's right so um yeah sometimes it seems like he's been here for he's still a young guy he's 18 years old so a lot of guys just enter into our league at 18 so i i too feel that there's a lot to his game and, um, you know, he's, it's been a, um, slow, steady progression, yep. which is say. exactly what you want Absolutely. from 17 to 18. And now, you know, this is going to be a big summer for him. This is going to be a big playoffs for him because yep. then at 19, you need him to take that big step and get that shot going. Cause you know, he's got a really good shot. Yeah. He's going to add some different dimensions, but for now he just want to keep seeing that steady incline. That's right. And he has the ability to be physical when he, I mean, he can be really heavy. Yeah. But he's taken yeah. far less penalties yep. and, and less selfish penalties right. this year emotional yeah Sometimes, emotional that's, uh, that's were, a perfect word you know they were retaliatory and maybe he felt like he was sending a message but that's part of maturing too and oh yeah uh, max has done a really good job with that this year and you know even right. last year i mean yeah he wears the target proudly yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely that. that's yeah you know some guys enjoy being disliked yep and i think that's uh on the ice yeah on and, the ice yeah that's a. Uh, it's hard to find guys like that. Yeah, I, but he's I, the kind of you guy need, you, you, you need a couple. Of. You do. You look down and you think, "Hey, I'm glad he's on my bench, and I'm glad I'm not yep. coaching against him." That's right. Yeah.
All right, uh, we kind of touched on Rylan Bettens, uh, again, just what he brings. Same with Tanner Mole. Another guy that's had a really, really solid year is Curtis Ireland. I wasn't really sure where he fit in at the beginning of the year. He kind of took a, a month or two to feel it out, but I think he's been incredible this year when you look at what he's done. He's had a very good year. He really very, has. Very, very solid year, and just goes about his business every day. Another quieter guy, and, um, you know, just it's just put in the work today and, you know, see the results tomorrow, and that's kind of how he approaches it. It's just coming in every day and um, almost flies under the radar. You know, use him in, in different areas. Been on a power play, been on a penalty kill, five-on-five, five, plays key matchups, um, and he's I think he's taken another step this year. So Yep. And you think last year, too, like he was a smaller guy. 18's <clears throat> tough. Like Graham Pollock always says that playing defense is the toughest position to go from one level up to another. And I think he learned a lot last year about kind of getting caught behind the net and getting caught with his head down a little bit. He's faster, he's smarter, and he's yeah. keeping it simpler. Yeah, I think he understands who he is as yeah. a player. And, you know, I think for a lot of guys, what are my strengths? Who am I as a player? Once they understand that and, and, and embrace it, you know, a lot of guys are guilty of watching a certain player in the NHL who may be their favorite player. Yeah. But that's not them. No. You know, you... you if can't you make are, those passes. Can't yeah, do that's what he right. Does. You know, a lot of guys like Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, but uh, there's only a handful of those guys out yeah, there. There's only Ovi and, and Teddy Purcell. That's yeah. it. <laughs> uh, we talk about quiet guys. Like Curdy's kind of a quieter guy. You got some quiet guys. The exact opposite is Troy Boschman. Uh, he loves to talk. He's always very jovial and, and always having a good time. But I think that kind of maybe masks how competitive he is on the ice, and we see that a lot on the penalty kill and just how he gets fired up and the bench fired up when he accomplishes something like that. Oh, no no question. There's an intensity to him. Um, yeah, he likes to have a lot of fun and joke around, and he's always yapping if it's in the room, if it's on the ice or on the bus, or if he's awake. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, If his eyes are open, he's talking. That's, that's right, yeah. He's always in the midst of a conversation. But, Whether uh, you're there or not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're, you're right about that, and he's a tough kid, and, you know, he's a team-first guy. He's a gamer. Uh, he'll shed the gloves if he needs to. He blocks shots and um, pays the price, you know. And so, re you know, really appreciate what he brings and the energy that he brings. And, again, like we talk about guys that can go out and kill penalties, you can trust him and uh, the next guy, David Query, and that, that spells other guys, gives them a break, and then lets them go and do what they need to do. And uh, David Query's had another fantastic mm -hmm. year. He's kind of gotten better again as, as, as uh, the season's gone on. Yeah, that's right. You know, Big lanky guy and uses his reach to his advantage. He's and, filled out and, more now at, yeah. at nineteen. No question. He's very solid. A lot stronger on his yeah. feet. And you can see how, you know, how physical he's been at times and the confidence that he has now playing that style of the game. And uh, he's been heavy on the body and, you know, can can make some guys pay the price periodically. So, um, that's the biggest adjustment I think from eighteen to nineteen for guys like that. They fill in and they, they get a little bit more confident. You remember last year he kind of run around a little bit. He try and mm -hmm. do too much. This year he's learned. He's just very okay. I know my where I need to be within the penalty kill or five on five structure. Education and knowledge. I think that's the biggest jump from eighteen to nineteen. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, I think also for you know a young player, they want to make an impact and they want to grab your attention as yeah. a coach. And, and well, with that, sometimes they're guilty of doing too much yeah. or doing things that uh, aren't necessarily suited to their game. Or, um, And I think at times David was. Now he has an understanding that I'll probably play more if I'm trustworthy on a shift-by-shift -shift basis. And that's exactly it. So it's, it's, one, knowing who you are as a player. What do I bring to the table? 
as he brings some good things to the table for us. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, him kind of embracing the best David Creary and, um, or, or maybe the one that this is, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. Yeah. The best, the best Steinbeck piston. How do you become that? Yeah. Be the best kind of piston player you can be. Exactly. And he's found that role. I would totally agree. Uh, we talked about injuries and a guy that I think kind of, again, had a bit of a roller coaster year, but it's really come up lately uh, before he got nicked up was Caden Cleland. Uh, he played, I think, some of his best hockey uh, after, you know, uh, Christian Reamer went down. He filled in. He tried to do too much at the start, got better, though. And then he's really become a reliable, smooth skating defenseman who can score a goal every now and again. It, oh, yeah, no question. I think his game is um, there's a physicality to, to Cleo's game. That Him and Loney, they go back and forth <laughs> with hits of the year, right? That's right. Like that's and, and it's not necessarily something you expect from a player of that stature. So um, fiercely competitive, uh, much stronger than his size would indicate or, or uh, that you would expect from someone like uh, of his size. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Man, I can thought, he wheel too, though? I thought before he became a part-time gymnast, he was playing some great <laughs> hockey. <laughs> He's not making the uh, Canadian gymnast team anytime soon. But he's got great speed. He reminds me a little bit like Darby Gula, who can skate himself out of, tra- uh, out of trouble. Yeah. And uh, earlier on, he was skating himself into it. Now it's almost yeah, right. it's a lot simpler. It's a lot quieter. Well, those are the same conversations we had with Gula's. Like, use your yeah. feet to get out of trouble, not into it. Yeah. Get out of it faster, not into it faster. And um, so he's – but that's an awareness. It's reading pressure on skating pucks away from pressure, moving pucks away from pressure. That As a defenseman, that's – makes your job that much easier and you know he has the feet he has the feet that allow him to to do that I mean that's it's 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 got a great explosiveness to his stride this year uh, we talked about Curtis Ireland uh, you know his his progression I think Evan Kaufman has progressed as well those two as a pair especially in the middle part of the year when you were trying to just find anything that works they were very solid together and I think Kauf's taken a real step this year as well yeah well, he's another guy I mean he's played on different played with different partners yep. um there's a quietness to his game and he just kind of goes about it and the guys that falls under the radar he's been on her pk and five on five and you know when he's moving pucks he's then he's, he's very effective in that way so an, another player that i think has uh, as time's gone on also says oh, this is kind of who i am and, and this is what i bring to the table and um you know when he when he does that then he's very, very solid for us. I don't think this is going to be a hot take when I say uh, this guy is going to, if he's here next year, which I fingers and toes crossed he is, will be an MJHL top defenseman. It's Christian Reamer. That guy brings a whole nother element to your back end, Paul. He is a number one defenseman at 19. He is something special. He's been a great addition for us. and Another guy that's, you know, there's a quietness to his game, but there's a physicality. He's covers so much ice. He's a great skater. He's got a good defensive stick and Smart too, uh, like like he didn't yeah. get Howard. He laid out uh, Sheldon Howard with a big hip check in Selkirk, and then just left it because he knew he was more important in that moment that's than right. getting involved in something stupid. Yeah, that's right. So uh, there, that's a uh, you know maturity understands that game, and maybe if that's game fifty or sorry game fifteen, yeah, um, it, then something happens because he's strong as an ox. Like yeah. he's he's got the the strong hands where it's just like he's oh, yeah. he's a big. Big one of our best conditioned players, there's no question about it. He's going to be a stud, he, he, and he's a difference maker in the playoffs too. Uh, Tucker Hodgson, he's my early pick for most improved. 
Uh, again, like he was, uh, we talked about it. Like, how do you put a leash on him without stifling creativity? Don't know what you did, but you did it because uh, <laughs> he's still very creative, skates very well, and uh, has really calmed his game down. He, he's very, very, very effective. Yeah, it's been fun to watch him progress. And I saw this with him in high school as well. So it was just, uh, you know, from a freshman in high school to a senior year, it was, it was just dramatic. The, the growth in his game and the growth in this his game this year is nothing short of dramatic, I would believe. And um, but he puts in the time. And I don't know if there's anybody that works harder in practice. And then he'll come in and watch videos. He literally watches almost every shift uh, throughout the year. Yeah. And he watches so, him and his defense partner too. Like he studied Cassie totally. on how to make hit the pairing better, not just him, but the pairing. Totally, and that's a big part of it. But. I, I look at guys like this as, as a young player, and you have that type of a desire to improve um, and that type of a work ethic both on and off the ice. Um, there's no secret, there's no surprise to me that, that he's doing this, that he's improved as much as he has. Um, you know, and I put Ty Nakins in that same boat. You yep. know, they're guys that are they're fighting over the computer as to who can get on <laughs> first and watch their shifts from the night before. So, um you know, it's uh, there's no secret formula for improvement, and and guys that desire to get to the next level and are willing to sacrifice a little bit of their time each day. Uh, it's not a lot, an extra half hour to watch your shifts, maybe from the weekend, um, but the rewards are are definitely there for them to to benefit from. Yeah, I'm sure that's the message you give to younger kids when you talk to them too, when you do the Pistons camp. It's you get out of it what you put into it. Well, you can go back. I've seen this uh, yeah. Roman Bengert and his yeah. preparation, and Cole Smith, and the guys that are playing at the next level, Colton Veloso, and um, I can go on and go on. on and on. Rads, it, it just, rads, games. yes. Uh, like you Absolutely. just go down the list. It just Everybody, makes sense, right? Yeah. They're not even necessarily the most talented players. No, nope. you know, there's obviously an element of talent there, but. Um, they can't rely on that alone. You're not going to get to where you want to go if it's just on relying on your abilities, your natural abilities. So the preparation has to, you know, has to augment it. Yeah, and for those guys, it makes less sense not to do it. Like they they can't grasp why you wouldn't. It's right there. That's right. Let's go. Like, and that's that's why they're you know Hodges. They get it. You know, you're thinking Div one at 19. With a guy like that, you're thinking that he's already going to be scouted, and you never know. You never know. You never know, right? But you get so, out of it what you put into it. Exactly. Uh, a couple more guys to go through. Uh, you know, we talk about injuries. You, you never know when you're going to need guys. And Case and Cruz, uh, you bring in. He's a 20 year old. May not be in the lineup every night, but he's a guy again you can plug in, and he brings something special, as you know, because he. He beat you up pretty good last year in the playoffs when he was playing for Swan. You know, Cruiser had a great playoff last year. And, yeah, you're right. He's come into a, a challenging situation for him. You know, with, with um, we weren't sure exactly on Jack Kilroy's health uh, earlier in the year. We brought in Kaysen, you know, in terms of some, a little insurance and more depth, et cetera, can play in some different spots and brings good speed and energy. And uh, so, you know what, he's adopted that role. And, um you know, I think early on it was a little disappointing when he was out of the lineup, no question. I totally understand that. So I think now he understands, um, you know, um, when the moments are there for him to, to be in and help us, he's uh, he's ready to go. And yeah, and he's, he's a 20-year-old, so he's <laughs> smart enough to know not to try and do too much. He can keep it very simple, chip, chase, bang, bodies, go to the net. Like yeah. He's, he knows his role. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Joey Doshin is going to be one of those players when we talk next year 
taking a step like David Query, like Max Neal. He learned a lot this year. He's a big, you can't teach height. Yep. And uh, he's starting to, his hands and his feet are now starting to work a little bit more in rhythm than they did at the yep. beginning of the year. Tools are there. Yep. The tools are there. I mean, you look at this this kid and, uh, you know, you know, watch him in practice and you isolate on uh, some areas of his game. And, um, you know, when it all comes together, there, there's, a, there's a high ceiling there, no question about it, 6'5", 220. Loves uh, the game, too. Loves the game, yeah. He's Just very analytical. competitive kid, too. Competitive, yeah. has high expectations. Another um, video nut, too. He's always trying to improve right. on face-offs. And, yep, and he has. We've seen a – he's never played center. You know, he's never played center in well, his life. So wouldn't we, have guessed that because he, he's a very natural-looking centerman. Yep. The way he, he defends and the way that he plays. He is. He's got a good stick. I mean, I think the first couple games we saw that, he was probably in the 30 to 40 percentile. And now with regularity – you know he's in the sixty percent range, so he's he's learning how to be use the size to his advantage and crowd the circle. And when he you know leans over into that dot, he's pushing that opposition centerman you know a little further back. And yep. so it's it's an imposing presence in the faceoff circle. And the, again, the, ed, the the just the smart, the education, the hockey knowledge that he has, he's going to be an, an excellent penalty killer. But he's also got great vision too. He's yeah. shown times that he can when he stops thinking, he can pass with the best of them. No question. Yeah. He's, he's a tremendous passer of the puck. And, um, you know, he could be a guy that one day we're like, where did this come from? But, yeah. Uh, All of a sudden he explodes for 20 goals. And yeah. I don't think it'll be a surprise to us as a staff. No, but, again, it's the guy that works hard both, uh, you know, in practice, in games, and, and away from the rink as well. He's always yeah. trying to. Yeah, just uh, a great young man. Lucas Fry. Again, I, I, I always look back at these kids that you get when they're, like, 16, 17. They're not in the lineup all the time, but they have a good attitude. And then all of a sudden at 19, they find it, and, and it's a gem. And I and I look at Lucas Fry as one of those guys. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. You know, it's been a, um, a, a little more challenging situation for him this year. And then – you know, we had 17, and when, when Reams came on board, we had eight. So, you know, often he's been the odd man out. But uh, practices hard and putting his time in the gym and well-liked in a room. He's done a he's done a remarkable job of just, um, you know, staying connected with. And sometimes you feel like you're not a part of it when you're not in the lineup as much as you'd like to be. But uh, great guy. There's no question. He's got some really good years ahead of him. Um, understands who he is. Keeps his game, you know, real simple, which is uh, – which is a compliment, in my opinion. I think uh, a lot of guys see, get themselves into a lot of trouble doing more than they should, and yeah. um, I think the quicker a defenseman can understand that, I think you know Nicholas Lidstrom played 20 years in the NHL and will go down as one of the greatest ever doing things, making the simple play. Yeah, I can't remember him on too many highlight films, but no. uh, he just did everything right, and he was out there for a lot of good things. I think his highlight reel consists of making a great pass and and. Yeah. Uh, you know, finding a seam to the net with uh, with a wrist shot. Yep. Um, but a thousand points and fifteen hundred games later. All the fame, Stanley Cup. He's doing okay. Right. That's right. Uh, okay, so I know that we've taken up a lot of time, but there's still a couple more we have to go through, and that's the backbones back uh, back in the crease. Matt Lenz, top goaltender, uh, Division One commit. I mean, that's the third Matt in a row now that has gone to Division One. Uh, you, you'll go as far as your goaltending will take you in the playoffs, Paul, and, and you got a really good one back there. Yeah, no question. I mean, Matty came in very hungry. Uh, he had he'd seen what, um, you know, he had a, a great relationship with Radomski last year, and, uh, you know, I thought Matt, they were the same age, but I think Radomski really had uh, a positive impact on him in terms of just the, the habits, the practice habits, the workout habits, the, um, 
you know, his preparation. Well, with that, you can go back to his time with Roman Bengert, and, <coughs> and that's where Rad says a lot of that's what right. he got was from Roman and, and then from Tease. So it's a goaltending pipeline. It's They're yeah. all connected. They are all connected. Yeah. They really are, and I think they're all benefiting from, you know, we could probably go back to Nick Deary. Yeah. and Because uh, Nick, Nick had that same approach. and. And then well, um, Ricacci too. I mean, like, that's it, right. Because then you go back. You learn I mean, from Corey. Corey, Coop, that's and, right. You know, it all stems from winning. When you find what, how to win, and what it takes to win, it's contagious. Yeah, and, you, and it just filters down and through. I mean, goaltenders can drive that. I mean, yep. those, we've had a bunch of guys here that hate losing. Uh, oh yeah, our goaltenders. And there's are a difference the, between loving winning and hating to lose. That's and right. It's, it's way more passionate to hate to lose. Yeah, you want both. You want both. <laughs> yeah, you definitely you want to love both. to win, but. But you we've want had guys that hate to lose. Yeah, we've and had... even if Lindsay, like the game against Verdon is a good standout. I think he let in five. It's one of the rare times he's lets in, let in five. Just the fire in his eyes. He's like, I'm not, that's not happening again. Yeah. Boy, boys bailed me out tonight. They won't need to do that again. And you know, he bears down. Won the game, but uh, yeah. not not happy with the way it went, right? So, But doesn't uh, get upset. He's not overly emotional. It's not, oh, woe is me. I let five in. Very you, level-headed. You can't. You, you know, can't. I, the next game is here before you know us. So you've got to be ready. And we, we've often told our players and asked them, you know, once we hit midnight, in particular in the playoffs, regardless of the outcome that night, we turn the page, you got to focus on the next game. And, um, you know, if you're still wallowing in your stall two nights later, two days later at practice about focused on your misfortune or unluck yep. in, in the previous game, um, you're not ready to go. Yep. Uh, Thompson Finney is another one of those guys where we may look back and think, uh, you know, it's, you know, he had, a, Matt Lenz had a lot to do with, with Finney's future success. Uh, he's really come on here. I, like, I don't know what you expected getting him at the deadline, but I would, I would safely say he's exceeded expectations. Yeah. Well, uh, or has he? To like, be honest, that's pretty much what we expected. We watched well, him in October of this year. He was the goalie of the month in our league. And, uh, he, I think he beat he you. Played a lot. He played a lot. I think, you know, I think, he played 28 of 30 games. I think he was he was tired, and and and, uh, and some things had changed, and you know he wound up in Alberta for for a short time. They received a goalie from uh, I believe NCAA that came back and it put him in a really tough spot. And at that time, we lost Bellick and uh, Giannuzzi at the same time, so we were looking. <laughs> that, and, was, uh, that was a bad day when those two. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we felt, wow. Well, here's a proven goaltender. We've seen him firsthand. We yep. we knew him. Yeah, I spoke which is with a few. Rare. Yeah. I spoke with a couple of guys at the college level that had watched him at our showcase, and and uh, they definitely had time for him. So, you know, we felt like we could put him in an environment where he could be successful. Um, another guy, the tools are there. He has the ability, and uh, now I think um, it's he's been a really good fit for us. And he's you know I think he played what seven games, and you know numbers are pretty impressive. Uh, just the coaching staff behind the scenes too. Uh, JP Vijay has done masterful work with your guys when it comes to uh, skill training, especially when you look at, at the high-end skill that you have. But he's done a great job because he's a no-nonsense guy. JP is, is all business. And then uh, Guy as well as the goaltender coach. Those are two guys that maybe don't get a lot of spotlight that are real keys to the team's success. And, and yeah, those guys play integral roles for us, right? So they're not here on an everyday basis. As soon as I mention their name, basis. you start smiling. Yeah, like, yeah. Because you know, you, you need to talk to them and see them. Yeah, I like them. I just like bringing them in. I mean, uh, <laughs> first of all, it's 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 a freshness, right? It's For the players, it's, you know, two days a month where they don't hear the coaching staff, <laughs> right? It's a... It's a it's a new uh, new phase barking at him, so to speak, <laughs> on that day. So, and JP brings a real workmanlike approach to his skill days. Um, you know, sometimes when you think you know skills and it's uh, 
it's toe drags and and um, fancy you know, highlight reels. This, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of emphasis on on actually putting in the work. Yep. So his days are not rest days by by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, guys, um, you know, there's days where I think initially they thought, okay, it's great skill day. We'll do one timers <laughs> and so forth. But they put in the time. It's it's work. It's puck protection. They're grinding. It's a heavy skill that we're trying to implement here. And and uh, so and then. You know, he's got some really good insight offensively. I think uh, just in the way we we've started to support the puck in the offensive zone, you know, and give JP a lot of the credit for, um, you know, implementing some some ideas. We, it's great when you have a staff and they all see the game just slightly different, yeah. right? And regardless if that's at the NHL level, I think that's why you have a staff of three or four. Sometimes is, uh, know, someone may bring. Um, an area of concern to the rest of the staff's attention that sure. maybe uh, wasn't thought of at that time, or we're focused on something else that, um, you know, sometimes you can, you can zone in on, on one topic that's maybe we're struggling in or we're frustrated with, but um, when you come at it from just maybe a different area, you yeah. can actually remedy the problem that you're focusing on. Or maybe there's a different way to get it done. Or well, you already think like you. You don't need somebody else to think like you. No, that's you right. You need somebody else to tell you what what you're not e- what, either what you're not hearing or what you don't want to hear. Well, that's that's exactly it. You need people that that come from see things differently, yeah. um, but have the same end goal in mind. It, it doesn't matter where the five roads all come together as long as they're leading to the same place. Absolutely, and it's that's not a, about taking the. No, any one individual taking the credit for it. And that's a, the way that this team is, though. Like no one's standing up just saying, "Look at me, look at me." Everybody's pulling on the same rope in the same way, and it's whatever it takes to get the job done. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and then uh, and then Guy. This is the first year that we've worked with Guy. I, I didn't know him well. He's another guy that very very passionate about it, loves the game, has very relational with our goaltenders. So, um, you know, in that vein, it's similar to Dan Ferguson, who did a terrific job with us for seven years. He's the enemy now, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's right. He's the enemy. Well, yeah, we're we'll uh, we'll be lifelong <laughs> we'll be lifelong friends. As soon as the series over, yeah, yeah. But um, um, it, Gee, you know, he wants to be there every day, and and he's very hands on with our goaltenders. He's very perceptive on on. Um, you know, adjustments that may need to be made or, or things. Well, again, the goalies get, much like players, goalies get comfortable in what they know, and it's easy to sink back into that. Uh, anytime Lindsay talks, he's always talking about Gee pushing him in different ways. Totally. And, and, you, and you've seen it in his game because his game has evolved so much. He's not the biggest goalie. Like, Finney, like you said, has the tool. He's a big goalie. Lenz has to had to has had to adjust, though. Yeah, and, well, they're different. He's had a big part they're, in that. They're, they're different in... Well, every goal, in, yeah, they, in they're stature, just the makeup's different style, too. different personalities, etc. So, I think one of the things that makes a goaltending coach successful is understanding what you're working with, and um, they're not, you know, if you have uh, a Ben Bishop and you have a, a goalie that's seven inches shorter, I mean, <laughs> you, there's some things there that you're going to have to work with in a different manner, and there's yeah. going to be different suggestions and different different styles etc so he does a good job of adapting we have you know a, a goaltender is nearly 6'4 and we have another one that's 5'10 ish so um yeah so for Finney but, it's positional and it's quietness for Lens it's about push and then angle because you gotta and then recovery because yeah and, well, and he's both a, excel he's a smaller goal smaller goaltender so I mean he's he's uh finds a great uh balance of being aggressive 
and um, you know, but just being in the right right place in the paint. Okay, you're starting to get a little antsy in your chair, so we'll uh, let's get to the playoffs <laughs> here, and then uh, and then we can wrap this up because it's been uh, it's been a great chat talking about the roster. But the playoffs are here. You're gonna really start bearing down on the Winnipeg Blues now that you know that it's them. Uh, they they are a tough team to kind of figure out, Paul. They've been playing playoff hockey uh, for a month. They're seven three and three, you know, since uh, since February first. Yeah. Again, you talk about just just that mentality. They they like they like I said, they've been playing playoff hockey. How do you get ready to take on that challenge? Well, um, it's actually a good spot. I mean, I, I think we want to play a team that we know is playing well. Like they've they've played us well. It hasn't been easy. We've had one night where, you know, we 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 put some pucks in the net, but for the most part, like it's been they've been tight. It's been four two games, three two games. Uh, lost lost one here at home. Yep. At New Year's, um, so. I, I, it's without question a team that we're not going to be or should not take for granted by any no, means. I mean, sure, you can look you at where they are in the standings, and you know we've seen teams have had the ability to have uh, you know to upset first place teams in the first round before. I mean, so you know happened as I think the Blues actually was a number of years ago. It was eight, maybe seven, eight years, six, six, seven years ago where they upset Selkirk, who had 102 or 104 points. It was in the uh, first 2013, round. I believe. Yeah, it's, right. Then they came, and then that team 14. beat Steinbeck. 2014. I think in the second round, right? That's right. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're very explosive offensively. They have some very, very gifted offensive players. I mean, Sartor's two, three points, it seems like it's every night. And they've got a couple of guys that can shoot the puck. And, and uh, excellent goaltending. Yep. You know, I think uh, Hatfield's had a tremendous season, and uh, one of the players we talked about uh, that was in contention for the rookie of the year. So, uh, and that's difficult to do at the goaltender position. So, you know, they're a young, eager group, and um, you know, I think all of them have been given an opportunity this year to, you know, to develop and put a put a stamp on their resumes. And um, you know, I think they're very well coached. I think I'd give Gordy Burnett a, a tremendous amount of credit what he's done with that group this year. So, um, I so didn't, I didn't formidable, expect them to be in the playoffs. Formal opponent. Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't either. Actually, we. I mean, early on, I would say so at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, I I thought, boy, there's there's this something teams going in a good yep. direction, and uh, so I'm not surprised they're there now. No, by, but at the no beginning means. of the year, I I didn't pick them to to to, to do very well, and but then look at how just the, the they've bought in. And and yeah. they work hard, and they they like you said they're offensively gifted. And Hatfield, uh, he's made forty saves on you almost every game that you've played. He's he's stopped at least forty. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think uh, you need the goaltending. Their goaltending gave them a lot of confidence, kept them in a lot of games early in the season. Yep. And then their players, you know, grew through that, and now they have a, a very confident group. They've got a little, you know, a little bit of a little bit of swagger, maybe even, but uh, which is. Which which is deservedly so, but uh, I go back. I think they're, I think their staff's done a terrific job, and you know, in my opinion, I think Gordy's certainly in contention for Coach of the Year. I thought, uh, I thought his work, his body of work with that group was was impressive. Uh, do we know the schedule yet? Like, is there tentative dates that we have for when the playoffs are going to start? Yeah, it looks like we're going to be starting here on on the sixth. Okay, um, so that's a Friday. The sixth, we're there on Sunday, I believe. It's going to be an afternoon game, and then we're here on Tuesday, the tenth. Um, which would be game three. And I believe game four is the next night, Wednesday, actually, in their building. And then, um, you know, game Take it from there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, okay, so Friday at home. You, you Friday work, at home. At you work all year to get that home ice advantage. You clinch it. 
you finally get it to have that game one in Steinbach with your crowd, you know, your atmosphere, the guys get the the day at their rink. That that's got to mean a lot. Well, that's what you want. Yeah. You know, that's exactly it. I mean, we first place, that's that's why you that's why you try to obtain it, right? And uh, it's I mean, the way our playoff format set up it's just the one at home it's a, it's a one 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 series how do you feel about that would you like it better oh, if I, it was a, a, a one and two at, in one place and then three and four on the road yeah i'd prefer a two two one 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 series but i think with uh, the travel that we, that some teams know, have to do i mean like, it's the way it's set up you know? yeah so um it doesn't re- home ice advantage like the word advantage kind of gets taken out when it's one 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 well one. I, yeah, I, yeah i think that this to some degree maybe there'd be there's definitely a larger advantage you know, if you, if you can take advantage of the... Well, the winner of game one in most series, you know, they, they have a, a distinct advantage going forward, obviously. Well, yeah, the numbers have, yeah. over the course of history, typically support that. But, uh, you know, we that being said, home ice advantage is still a game that has to be earned. You know, yeah, you yeah, know we you, have to go out and win the game. Yeah, I mean, just because uh, you get it at home doesn't uh, mean you get an automatic two extra yeah, goals. Yeah, I, I haven't seen a team come <laughs> in here and concede anything to us over, over the course of my time here, but... Uh, <laughs> So, you know what, we're going to have to be ready. They feel good coming in our building. They've had success here. Um, And uh, so, you know, like I said, I I want us to be playing well, and uh, we need four lines going. We need our D going, and uh, we need to be – we need to be prepared when that puck drops. Oh, but a key to to the to the series versus the Blues, would it safe to say that physicality is going to be something that is is really key to this series? Because – they're a smaller team. If you can start bodying them, but you got to toe the line, obviously, because they can burn you on a power play. Yeah. But physicality, is that something you really want to see in round one? Well, we want to be disciplined. Yeah, I think, you know, to some degree, I think. I mean, we still have to play who we are. I mean, right. we, I don't think we need to go up there and be somebody we're not. We want to play Don't need fast. to be the Philadelphia Flyers from the 70s. No, that's right. And that's not, it's not really the identity. I mean, we can play with a little bit of edge, no question. We're not going to shy away from it if we're in a heavy series. I, I don't doubt that but I think for us you know to play fast and um, finish the opportunities that are there I don't think we're not a team that's going head hunting but uh, to finish checks when they're there um, you know create turnovers on the four check uh, yes we want to play heavy we can, we can grind we can grind offensively as well but uh, um, just a complete effort on both sides of the puck all right so I two more and then we'll then we can wrap this up Paul uh, how the over the years, you've coached now 500 regular season games. You won a couple of championships. You as a coach, how do you balance keeping your team playing their style, playing their game, while also studying another team and, and trying not to exploit what the other team does wrong to t- at the disadvantage of your own team? I mean that, like, how do you make sure your team's ready to take the take on their opponent without losing their own identity? Is that something you've had to really learn and balance? Yeah, well, I was fortunate to learn that really my first year, I think. Uh, we went to the Western Canadian Championships, and, and um, you know, um, had never been in that situation before. Players hadn't been there before. I think we had, we had gone through our league, and we had made it through with a group that hadn't very limited playoff experience. I don't know if we had any man, you know, any playoff game experience heading into that year. As a staff, we didn't. So um, we prepared, I would say, so intensively. I think for the teams at at the Westerns prior to, and we had video on, and I think, um, you know, it almost had a negative impact on our players. We were so concerned with what our opposition's tendencies were and their strengths that. Um, um, we started slow 
every, it's like we were just waiting for them to do something and we were going to react. Right. And every second period, we're like, let's just play. You and know? then, yeah, but unfortunately, you were down, late. you know, 3 nothing, 3 1 <laughs> at that right. point, And then you'd end up losing by a goal. Well, we started chasing the game. Yeah. We had to chase the game at that point, And that wasn't the group we had either. So we felt like, you know, had we approached it a little more focusing on what do we do well? Because we had a good team and we had our own identity that year. And, um, we could have been in a little slightly different position, you know. I mean, I know we, you have your hands full when you get to those types of events, but I really felt like, you know, an error on, on, on maybe on my part was was just really focusing on our opposition strengths and key individuals, et cetera. And, you know, I thought, uh, we're going to be all over this. We're going we're gonna to be prepared. We were, but um, I don't, you know, like I said, I think our guys kind of lost maybe our own identity or the focus on uh, preparing ourselves more than just reacting to our opposition. So, yeah, that's something, you know, as a coach you, you learn, and, and uh, there has to be a balance. You know, we're going to focus in, on the Blues, and uh, we know some of their tendencies. We've played them six times. so Yeah, it's not like they're just coming their, out yeah, brand new. Some of their key players and what they bring to the table and their specialty teams, et cetera, those are things, areas, but – what do we do well, guys? We want, we're going to reinforce here this week in practice the details of our game and uh, just really touch on every aspect, a few little refreshers because, um, you know, once that round one starts, there's not a lot of practice time, and um, then we're just puck drops and it's another hockey game. But it's playoffs, so it's a, it's, a <laughs> little, right. it's a little bit more fun. Yes, that's right. It's going to be amped up, and hopefully we have a full barn. You know, I think it'd be great to see uh, – great to see a ruckus yeah you know bring the kids because it's a great atmosphere for the kids get them wearing their you know whether you're from landmark lorette from from anywhere in the southeast wear your team jersey down there because the guys love to see that as well and you know the the kids that are on your team paul i sure love seeing kids in the stands oh no doubt when they come off the ice and and when they go through the towards the tunnel and um you know the the youth that's always offering high fives and and um just cheering them on I mean they're so encouraging right so they just they're, they're just pumped to be there and uh, it feeds fuels our guys no question so parents bring the kids Friday uh, we'll have more ticket information later on this week but you can always go to SteinbeckPistons.ca final question Paul I know that uh, I've already talked to Graham Pollock he is uh, not growing a playoff beard he has been ordered he can't so are you uh, are you gonna keep the beard you got now, or are you gonna go shave and then g- and grow a new one? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it on. I've kept it on for a couple of years now, different varying lengths. Yeah, are you so, gonna let are you gonna let it go go out, or are you under yeah. specific orders as well? Oh no, I I have <laughs> I have uh, the green light to proceed. How I, um, in fact, I think uh, yeah. So I've been probably been encouraged at home to grow the beard, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll tone it down come come summertime. But yeah. Uh, um, R- rumor has it that Jeff Ides uh, did shave in, in anticipation of growing a playoff beard. It's already back, and it's better than both of ours. Yeah, and that was on Friday, yeah, I believe. It's not even fair. That probably guy. has an inch of growth already. Aaron's been trying for two years to grow a playoff <laughs> beard, though, so it's kind of funny. Uh, Paul, thanks very much for taking so much time. Uh, we're going to have a couple of players in throughout the rest of the week, getting everybody teed up and ready to go. Uh, playoffs start Friday in Steinbach. Uh, best of luck, and I'm sure we'll talk several times uh, throughout the run. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it.